today on Cinematics, a film you hope will be over soon. This is Martyrs. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cinematics. I'm Ryan. And I'm fucking Paulie. You're fucking Paulie. And today we're talking about Martyrs, a French film from uh, 2008, premiered at Cannes Film Festival. Um, what were you saying? It was like the the most dis- divisive. It was it was the most at the at the time it was the most divisive horror movie on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes, according to Wikipedia. So you know some real real. Real High knowledge. class sources there, Real fucking but uh, uh, but you know what? Understandably so. It's a it's a it's a difficult movie, and I think we should just jump right into it uh, by starting off with the title. Let's talk about the title because titles titles are the first thing you see in a movie. They're the first part of of the movie that you get, and they're like the the only jumping off point that you have to interpret the story with. Um, That's a good point. And and the title Martyrs is especially interesting because it's got two meanings. The commonly held one in the English language um, is and and the all definitions across languages uh, is someone who dies for a cause, generally considered to be a religious one, um, dies to uphold their beliefs. But it's also derived from a Greek word which means to witness, which has nothing to do really with how we use it now, which is kind of funny how that always seems to happen with words. But uh, so that, that that's kind of our jumping off point. Uh, we think of, of a person who, who sacrifices everything for, for their beliefs. Um, but I find it more interesting to think about it from the witnessing standpoint. And I say that because... Um, the main character, which at first it's very hard to determine who the main character is because mm-hmm. you yeah. really, you really are led to believe, um, that it's, well, one of the, one of the articles I read online was it's like three, di- it's like three different kind of like plots, I guess, but they all just kind of happen. So like it goes from like a revenge story to, um, whatever else to like a complete like like a like I guess like a like a torture porn movie like we were talking about earlier. I mean it it has been defined on Wikipedia as a torture porn yeah. film, um, and and I think that's pretty accurate for the most part. And then at the end, it turns into like a mindfuck movie. The whole thing's pretty mindfucky, but for different reasons. Um, but you're kind of led on this sort of belief from the beginning that your main our main character is uh lucy the the victim that you see in the beginning running away um from her captors but really i think the main the main character of this story is anna yeah and and it's also because we we stay with her for the whole time but also because she is what the title of the movie is yeah she's the witness she's she's there to witness um lucy's fall into insanity uh, her continued uh, degradation to the point where she kills herself, um, 
Well, she she witnesses she witnesses loon, uh, loony. <laughs> uh, why don't no, you tell us how you really feel, well, Paul? You know, you know. I'm just I'm just calling it for what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it how it is. That's she's, all. She's a fucking loony. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, uh, so we we witness her. I uh, witness Lucy. I almost called her Looney again, <laughs> but we we witness or she witnesses Lucy like descent into insanity, and then we or then she witnesses, um, basically that there was there was truth to what Lucy was insane about, what made her insane, yep. and then she was subject to that same torture through the through the whole thing she's the witness and and like you said she's witness to the reveal of the cult she's witness to the truth of everything she's witness to lucy's insanity but also the truth behind it and then at the end she is the sole witness to what the cult has been trying to find yeah. this religious sect trying to to prove life after death which which makes you wonder when you get to the end and and mademoiselle shoots herself you know, what did she see? Did she see an, an, an life after death that these people didn't want? Uh, did she see a, hor- a horrific experience that, you know, uh, terrified Mademoiselle that she didn't want to demoralize her followers? Uh, did she just create something? Like, we, yeah. don't, we don't know what it is. There, there was a, an article that I read. I didn't reference it, unfortunately. But it was saying that... Uh, the reason I'm just looking at my notes here. So the the reason Mademoiselle kept it to herself is because she lost whatever she, whatever Anna told her at the end is because she she lost her purpose in life basically. Once she knew what happened, she lost her purpose and went and then she killed her, she killed herself right. And then um, she didn't want to tell anybody else that because it probably just unleash like a big string of suicides amongst like her followers i thought i thought that she was just she just wanted to get to the party she's like oh man that sounds that sounds great i'm going there i'm going there was there was another article i i perused this this is a difficult film for us to talk about um i think because of the not just because the film itself is difficult, but because the the subtext and the context and and the exploration of of the feminine idea. and and women in this in this mm, film. Yeah. Um. So I I wanted to do a bunch of reading up before we started talking about this, which I mean I always do some reading up, but it's been a while since I've read proper scholarly articles, being as I've been out of English for a long time. Uh. But I read an article called Oops, just lost it called The French Horror Film Martyrs and the Destruction, Defilement, and Neutering of the Female Form by Amy M. Green. Great article. Uh, if you really, really want an in-depth exploration of um, the the female reading and the, and the male gaze reading of the movie, check that article out. Uh, it's not super long, um, and I don't think we'll dive into, like, the inner depths of that one in this for sake of time and for sake of other things as well. But um, it was a good jumping off point for uh, a lot of the ideas that are happening in here. So, um, And one of the things I noticed, and it's been talked about, is the the lack of, of a break that this movie gives you. Yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, it's, it's all of the violence that happens is 
stark, it's visceral, and it's it's real. You know, it, it, there's nothing exaggerated about it. There's nothing um, glorified or 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 anything about it. It's just people being shitty to people, and then those people having to deal with that. And there's no humor. There's no, no laughs. Well. We we usually crack jokes when we're watching movies. Like when we were watching Hellraiser, we were laughing at stuff and we were watching the thing and um, black, uh, white ghost, black ghost. But we didn't. We the only like we we didn't say anything this whole movie. Except I, I don't the, think except no. for the fi- fifteen plus tards thing. But yeah. that was it. Yeah. Because uh, I don't. Yeah. French. I I at least for me, I spent the whole movie on the edge of my seat, just unable to look away from what was happening yeah it's like morbid curiosity yeah it's like it's like you 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 watch it and you just like it it's almost it's almost disgusting well it is disgusting and it's unsettling like how how visceral and how how real something like this could be but also you just you can't stop watching it you know you're just you're just glued to it oh yeah and it's it's one of those movies at least my first time watching it i needed I needed time after watching it just to process what I had seen. I still need time <laughs> to process what I've seen. Um, it doesn't... I think it makes a big commentary on violence in North American slasher films, or North American horror films specifically. Uh, and And globally slasher films and horror films in general kind of glorify and humorify violence you know there's the there's the scenes where the, the the girl and the guy are in the room boning or whatever and the the killer comes to get them and you almost kind of not necessarily cheer the killer on but in some senses like you laugh at, at their yeah. awkward situation you know it makes fun of all of these terrible things that are happening but this movie doesn't ever give you a chance to laugh at anything or give any enjoyment. Like I can't say that I got out of that movie with any sense of enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a movie you got to work to watch. Yeah. And yeah, you have to work for it and you have to, you have to be prepared for it and, Mm -hmm. and you have to accept that you're going to come out of it and not know whether you were in, whether it was even worth watching at all. Yeah. But it's so artfully done and so well put together that you always can't not watch it. Yeah, and it, it's a movie that's uh, not not only hard to watch, but it's also hard to listen to. You know what I mean? Like, um, just with you know the hallucin the hallucinations that Lucy's having at the beginning, and that, oh. that that girl that's following her around, and just those like, like I don't know, just the way that she sounds like those guttural like kind of like yeah like the that. sound design for that creature who i think is just credited as the creature i oh, think that's good. the only name she's given just like um the girl that she pulls out of the basement at the end is just the victim oh okay uh they don't have names but yeah that that creature design was just the sound design for that creature was just uh it was it was like almost human and yeah. that's what made it so unsettling like like i guess if you get into like sort of maybe some religious undertones you could almost even say it sounds demonic yeah well actually we should maybe talk about that because i know beforehand we were we had a brief discussion about about the idea of religion and and whether religion is an important part of this and i think that uh, having done some reading now i think that religion is 
like the cult is is religious it's not a, a an anti-religious cult it's not an atheist cult they're not like they are they are trying to find the answer to the religious question of what lies after death and and it's it's for them the whole process it's it's weird cuz the whole process for them is like this religious experience but then they don't have to go through it you know they're subjecting other people to the to the pain in order to get their answers for their beliefs well and you could even you could even call it uh like cuz their their main goal is to see what happens after you die, right? They want someone to tell them what happens. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, you could even look at it from like a, a spiritual point of view, I suppose, where it's like, it's it's not necessarily based on, maybe it's based on a religion of their own making. They never really say. And, That's true. And so like, maybe it's a religion based on their own, but I feel like, you know, as human beings, we're all curious to know what happens after death right well we want to know the answers man yeah that's all we ever want to know if anybody knows if anybody knows let us know i'd love to hear it (laughs) (laughs) um an interesting point that i read actually talking about context because we were talking about last episode as well about how we're talking about these foreign films in terms of their their context yeah um and french cinema is really interesting i was i was reading up a little bit on it and there's there's really no censorship in French cinema. Um, not not like there is in North American cinema. Um, and the only sort of censorship method that exists is is the rating system, yeah. which around from what I from what I was reading, around the time that this movie came out uh, was the first time that a, a French horror film got an NC17 equivalent rating. Yep. Um, and that rating basically boned the movie because they couldn't print it with a, uh, restricted to 18 and up rating that nobody would print it. Nobody would, would distribute it. So it kind of like it did the festival run and then it was done. Yeah. Um, and they fought for a couple of years and eventually they got it changed to a 16 plus. 16 plus. (laughs) Um, and then it was, there was 60 prints made uh, in France and that was it. Um, and and that that is in and of itself sort of the most censorship that was gotten. But yeah, because they yeah because they one of their arguments for when they did that was they claimed censorship. They're like, yo, you're like you're censoring us. Like you can't do like yep. you can't do that. Yep. So that's what won them. And and it's funny though because like you look at a lot of other other movies, and and like like Hostel or Saw or like any of the Saw movies, like the violence in those movies is much more gory. It's much more uncomfortable in terms of like the actual things going, people are cutting their arms off. Like, like stuff, the stuff that happens in those movies is much more deserving of an NC 17 style rating as far as like the visuals. Yeah. So that really what would have gotten it such a high rating would be the, the subtext or, or the the fact that it's it's real like like yeah, you like, can watch that movie and sit there and be like mm, i could see somebody doing this yeah yeah i exactly. could see this being a real it's thing it's not it's not over the top violence it's like when something happens you're like man i can i can picture that happening it's very it's very grounded yeah it's not it's not like 
you know, you're running someone's hand through through a table saw or something like that, and there's blood flying everywhere and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, no. she's just getting the shit kicked out of her the whole time, and she's getting fed, like, this nasty pea soup stuff. I mean, even even before that, when it's, you're talking it's like about... A, it's, like, dehumanizing. That's yeah. kind of what it is. Even when it you really, see that first yeah. victim, like, she's got, like, that thing over her head and everything, like... Even when they're they're cutting her hair and everything, it's you know it's the the, the first thing that popped into my head was uh, it's like dehumanizing them. Well, it is, and and if you want to go like deep into the realm of of critical analysis, um, there's a very long-standing sort of I guess you'd call it a theory or a way of thinking um, about the life cycle of of a woman and it being like this analysis of it through, through text and through literature. But the idea of like virgin matron crone, like the three stages of like a, a woman's life right. essentially, you know, and it's like, you know, you're the, you're the virgin stage until you come of age and then you get married and you become a mother and you, you take care of Nate nurture and care for people. And then you become old after you're, kids have moved out and whatever and that's like uh, now you know in today's society we've very much moved past that in mm-hmm. a lot of ways yeah. um but it's still it uh, used in analysis and and this article i was reading by amy green was talking a lot about um how that's that is kind of that stage that staged process is what this movie is sort of representing through this you know she's the the Anna is, is a, a matron figure through the whole beginning. She cares for right, Lucy. Yeah. She helps all that. And then when she goes to – when she's locked up and tortured, she's like – she's re- re- reverted back to the, the childlike state where she's not really – she's barely recognizably even feminine anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Dehumanized. Yeah, and then when they flare at the end, I guess that would be the, the crone stage. Yeah, she can't move. She can't talk. She can't do anything really. I mean, she has one moment to speak, and that's when she sort of releases her testimony to the world of what, whatever the What's thing on is. On the other side. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So one of the, I guess one of the feelings I got while watching this movie too is like, um, like. Sorry, bear with me. <laughs> um, like I guess one of the things is like at the beginning, Anna doesn't necessarily understand or um necessarily even believe like Lucy's allegations against these people and like all the stuff that Lucy's been putting her through for the number of years that they've known each other. And then you know, you know, you never know, you never know what someone's truly been through until you've experienced it yourself, right? So then, after, after like, Lucy kills that entire family. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> after she starts. murders them all brutally yeah, with a after, shotgun. And then Lucy ends up killing herself, and then you know, um, Anna finds that that girl in the basement, and then. She still doesn't like she's seeing she's slowly seeing it more and more and then she she's finally subjected to it. So yeah. it's like it's I guess like I don't know this is just what I got from it anyway it's just like it's trying to say like you like you don't have any idea what someone's been through until you've experienced it yourself. And uh 
Yeah, like... And it's interesting because she doesn't... Anna doesn't really seem to believe that... Like, there's a doubt there when, yeah. when she kills that family that, oh, well, how do we know? We don't really know that these these were the people. Yeah, like, she you know, was the questioning her the whole Article time things. And then when when the mother is found to be still be alive, she tries to help yeah, her. You know, she tries to, to get her away. Yeah. Uh, what, because she's a caring, em- empathetic person. Um, and also because there's that doubt there, which is completely shattered when she finds the secret tunnel and gets into the weird torture chamber in the basement. And then, like reality hits her she's like man i should have helped her kill these people i should well i don't know maybe not that but like i don't know that would have been maybe something that passed through her head like yeah well i mean you know maybe i should at least been a little bit apologizes. she apologizes to her friend's corpse and says you know i'm sorry um and and part of that i think is that she realizes you know that she's she, the, the, um, uh, what's her name? Why am I, Lucy's, like, suicide, her death kind of is born out of, um, born out of the fact that, that Anna tried to, like, save this girl, because that's what caused all of that ruckus at the end with her weird right, yeah. ghost thing, and, yeah. Which, what was up with that? weird ghost lady it was it was the embodiment of her guilt Ooh. (laughs) so tell me more so she left she left that when when she escaped her captors at the beginning um on her way out she found she found that girl she found that girl oh yeah 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 yeah. okay her mouth was all slowed shut and she was like trying to get her to help and she just she's like she now, ran. I'm out, I'm yeah, out. and then well, that followed her. And and it looks like it was that girl. Yeah, yeah, it like was the her, same figure. Yeah, like you could even see like you know uh, the stitch, like the stitches on her mouth were ripped open, and she was blind in one eye, and you know you couldn't see her that well, but it could have even been something that partially in her, like her own mind made up to. Well, and and it's kind of implied throughout that like it's not real. Yeah. You know, like th- this is this is a. A manifestation of her psychosis, which... Well, it kind of starts off as a ghost movie, right? Because you see this thing, like, like crawling under her bed and stuff when she's a kid. And then she she sees it later on when she murders that family. And then mm-hmm. as it keeps going, it's only Lucy that's reacting to it. it. It's true. And then you see her in the hallway when she's slitting her arms open. And, and she's doing there. it herself, yeah. Yeah. But I th- that that kind of threw me off at the beginning because I was I I didn't know what I didn't know what kind of movie it was gonna be. Um, I I mean I knew based on like the brief synopsis that it was like a revenge torture like whole shebang. Um, and you get that first scene where she's running down the down running down the alley all beaten up and bloody and mm-hmm. screaming. You're like, okay, all right, so that that's a that's a beginning, and then it goes to this documentary style, you know, segment where it's like VHS quality images. Oh God, I keep bumping this. Uh, VHS quality images, um, outlying basically the past or the past before the main story of the movie, what happened, her family, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you're like, okay, so what is this gonna be? And then it goes 
to the real life bit again for the the ghost sequences you're like okay what kind of movie is this is this now a ghost movie like is she going to be haunted by this thing and this is going to be the main villain sort of thing yeah and then none of those things end up happening it just ends up being really a story about people yeah it's a it's a pretty mind-fucky movie like it just it goes from one thing to another it's kind of like a bunch of little horror movies in one that just happen to come across the one storyline I I mean, yeah, kind, sort of. Kind kind of like in terms of like, you know, how the movie progresses. There's almost there's almost three stages to it. Just like, you know, talking about like the whole I guess uh, you could even say it's like the stages of denial in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then and then they talk about stages in in the torture session. There's the first stage of it where they like beat the girl up. Mm-hmm. Every day they come in, they beat her and then they feed her and they beat her and they feed her until eventually she like gets really roughed up and then they they progress to the next stage which is uh slightly worse and more like uh visceral and then the third stage being uh skinning her alive (laughs) well i think i think it was also because like you know when you see that girl in the basement at the beginning um maybe because like anna was like a rare a rare thing to find in their experiments, right? Like only four of them happened or something like that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the one that you see in the basement, um, maybe her progression was slower. So they had to keep just increasing it until they, until she stopped caring like Anna did. Right. So I think Anna, that's kind Anna of implied. Just, yeah. Yeah. And Anna just didn't get to that, that stage where they're bolting shit onto her head and you know, they, they didn't need to go that far Yeah. because that's really the, the, the key part for them is getting getting the woman to the point where she she becomes kind of numb. Yeah, it doesn't it. doesn't feel the pain anymore, and that's when you can bring her to the brink of death, yeah. but hold her alive enough. And I think that was for that the victim in the basement. You know, she just never got there. Yeah. For Lucy, she never got there. She managed to break out first, which didn't help the whole thing, I guess, for them. But yeah, and uh, I think I think Anna had more motivation to get to that point, anyways, just because of probably the guilt that she felt towards Lucy taking her own life, and even maybe her not being able to save the mom in the house, even though she knows what she did, she just she still she still saved her, or she tried to save her anyway. So maybe there was just like a different psychological point that she was at where she could just get to that stage. You know, just having having that guilt over over Lucy and you know whatever else, right? Yeah, and I mean, guilt seems to seems to be a pretty common theme in other places in this too, actually, because there's that whole conversation with Anna's mother, and she, she's guilting her because she, oh, you haven't called me in two years, this and that, and and oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like I guess a sub theme to the whole thing. You know, oh, probably. which alternately is interesting because the the cult, whatever they follow, don't seem to feel any sort of guilt for what they do. No, it's like it's like a, it's like hot fuzz. The greater good. The greater. I don't even know if it's a greater good though. I think it's just it's kind of, like of a selfish. It's it's mostly just selfish. It's just a group of people who want to know. But you notice how they're all old. They're all yeah. old people. They're like 
people reaching the end of their life. They're fifties like, and up, and they're all like, "Ooh, ooh, <laughs> what is?" It's kind of scary now. I don't know. I is all of this a waste? What have I done with my life? Yeah. So they're like, "Ah, fuck it. Let's find out what happens after." But the and the fact that it's so far-reaching, like like they're talking when you when we finally meet them, the cult for the first time. It's like they've been doing this for fifteen years. Yeah. Or longer. Mm-hmm. And they used to be more disorganized. Well, I mean, you you can compare like when you see it at the beginning where they were just in this abandoned warehouse, mm-hmm. just beating the shit out of little girls and stuff. And then now they've got what they are fancy now. fallout shelters under yeah. rich mansions for yeah. people like at, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then so they, also, hear them they also pull up in like old Mercedes and like, yeah. you know, they all look like well off people. The old rich. They're all white, too. Well, of course they are course anyways <laughs> i'll thread that territory <laughs> um i i don't know one of the one of the things too that i also kind of felt at least at least for me watching it like like uh anna anna had the chance to get out right and then she she found the she found the, the basement everything she went down and then she she found she found the girl right and then i i don't know for me like i kind of had this this sense like especially when you when you kind of know what she's in for right like as, as someone who's seen it that like seen this movie like three or four times now right you kind of know like if you knew what was coming you kind of be like man better better her than me like <laughs> <laughs> like man How- i don't know why? Only when, only when you kind of know what she's in for. Yeah, I don't know why they waited around that house for so long. I never really understood that. I mean, like you're just increasing the risk of a million things going wrong the longer you stay there. Why wouldn't you just leave? Yeah, just get out of there. Get Sonic out of there, says, man. get out of there. Sonic says, and Sonic <laughs> knows. Um, so how did how have you watched this movie four times and and are still sane? Um, I don't think I am sane. Ah, that, that'll, and that'll I also just I, I also just like to go hey you want to you want to know horror I'll show you horror yeah I mean it's not it's not something that I like watching I don't, sure. I don't think it that's the thing like we were talking a minute a few minutes ago about this but like the whole like I I, I didn't move pretty much that entire <laughs> movie yeah. and when it was done I was just I just sat there and I was like did I need to have watched that <laughs> have I grown or changed as a person in a positive way because <laughs> I've seen this film <laughs> and the, the the director has I, I has actually I, apologized for making the movie well the in direct, interviews well the director actually also wrote the movie under extreme psychological like depression and like suicidal thoughts and stuff did he yeah, yeah that's what i read on imdb or wikipedia or what, something. what's the what's the story there i don't know all it said was he when he wrote the movie he was just he was under like he was he was depressed and he he was having suicidal thoughts so that's why the movie had um sort of like this overarching feeling of like nihilism and just kind of like well i mean at the end of the know, day nobody wins no. Right. All wins, all yeah. of the main characters that you root for end up dead, and the people who were trying to find some kind of answer are robbed of their answer at the last minute. Yeah. 
Mademoiselle shoots, blows her fucking head off. Yeah, there's like, there's no resolution for anybody in this movie at all. Yeah. It's just a bleak picture of shitty people doing shitty things to other people and getting away with it, but not being any better off or different for it, but rather having just done it. And the characters do go through changes. So, I mean, you can say that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the, the characters go through changes. Physical and mental. It's it's true, but I I think just like the picture that it paints is is very bleak it's and very and sad. and as and as I said, there's there's interviews where the director has apologized for making the movie, um and he says that sometimes he's proud of of the accomplishment and sometimes he's you know he feels bad for ever having created it because it's so it's 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 just such a hard watch. Oh, big time. Um, yeah, because I think after the movie was done, I think that was the quietest I've ever seen you after a movie. <laughs> or yeah. even during a movie. Like. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't like to... I don't necessarily like to talk my way through movies unless unless I've seen them before. Yeah. Generally. But I know we also we, we make jokes because that's what we do. Yeah. But, and and that didn't happen. Or we like like for example with White Ghost Black Ghost when the grandma came running out with the base the basketball or whatever oh we just God. busted out laughing like none of that happened in this movie. So I guess that's but that's something that's interesting because in in the context of talking about national cinemas and 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 films foreign to our our North American uh, connections and influences we're, we we look at a movie like white ghost black ghost where it's got this comedic element to its horror whether intentional or not yeah it's it's kind of campy it's um it doesn't take itself super seriously you know it's not based in in a ton of realism but it still explores it's it's real problems it's like creative in a different way yeah but then but then we look at something like this that's from uh the french national cinema which is much more well known for taking itself quite seriously mm-hmm. and making these very yeah. um, artful, heavy, you know, social, political commentary type films, um, and you can kind of see like like the tone tonally how these how these movies kind of fit into their own version of mm-hmm. horror versus yeah. the American North American version of what horror is, which yeah. you know, which has changed quite a bit, and I don't know how much. I guess Japanese horror, you could say that it kind of, at least for my knowledge anyways, it kind of started with like Godzilla, right? I think so, yeah. Like after World War II and everything and the nuclear bombs, like, yeah. then they're like, like the, like Godzilla was kind of the embodiment of what happened in World War II with the, with the nuclear bombs and stuff like that. It was like just them kind of like getting everything out. Yeah. Just as, giant green nuclear monster just <laughs> running around destroying cities and stuff nuclear right? monster uh, it, it, it's interesting though and and i mean like genres change and styles change mm-hmm. and the, from director to director and from year to year and from movie to movie you get different styles you get different tones you get different like everything but but it's still it's still interesting to be able to pinpoint like certain certain things that you can see tendencies of that don't necessarily necessarily apply to every film in the the grouping that you're you're talking about, but are quite prevalent. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, for martyrs, anyways, 
all of the French films I've watched, like like proper French films I've watched, are very like quiet. Um, they're very like deliberate. Deliberate, yeah. yeah deliberate's the right word. Um, and if nothing else, this movie is deliberate. You know, it 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 tries to fuck you up. It knows it, it knows what it's doing. It knows what it's saying, and it's not afraid to just say it. Yeah, which is yeah. good. Yeah, which I feel like is is lacking in a lot of movies nowadays too. Just Everything's in, in, so sugar coated, man. <laughs> the world you live in is just sugar coated topic. There is another world beneath it, the real world. It's called vanilla cupcakes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's tasty. <laughs> But most people would rather live in the sugar-coated world. That's true. I think I would after watching this movie again. Red, red pill, blue pill? Yeah. Yeah. Take Which one to them. Take both of them at once and see what happens. <laughs> you, your body just gets all fucked up. You're like, nah! you, just, you just pulled apart into a million pieces and you just exist everywhere. You exist in both spaces at once as nothing. But something else at the same time. <laughs> 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 Uh, you, right. you exist everywhere and nowhere. All at the same time. Oh, bum, bum, bum. Um, any other any other points you wanted to? Uh, nah, man. Hit? Like I like I said from the beginning, I I want to hear you for this because I I for me when I watch movies, I find that I the first time I watch them, it, I have to watch them for the story. I have to figure you out what to, the you have to like watch them like you have to you have to experience it as uh I guess I guess an audience member first and then a filmmaker second yeah so and and I again, I right? try really hard to do that because otherwise it ruins movie experiences for me sometimes what are you doing can't hello hey hey don't push on my thing um I I try really hard to do that because it 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 helps the movie experience if I watch it as a movie, but also it allows me to sort of get in my head what the story is. And then if I were to go back and watch it again or go back and watch it a third time, you know, I can start exploring. Yeah. You, you, you hit it with a different point of view. Yeah. And, and I can see the things that are, because now that I know where this movie goes, I could go back and watch it again and be like, I can pick up on these things. Yeah. So for me, I'd like to hear you having seen this movie four times. Well, one of one of the things one of the things I noticed is just a small thing too that kind of um, hits hits some of the like the religion marks that we were talking about earlier is like um, the one the one woman that Anna tries saving at the beginning. Her name is Gabriel or Gabrielle. Gabrielle, yeah. She's like a female. Like like, ob- like obviously the genders changed. Yeah. Whatever. But um, uh, that was the name of an archangel, and I was trying to piece that together a little bit. I couldn't really, I couldn't really find anything. Maybe, I don't know. But anyways, and then the the one guy who was beating the shit out of her, his name was Michael, who was also another archangel. Mm. I was looking that up, and I couldn't really. I probably have to look into it more to understand it. But I feel like there was some religious, well, sort of undertones. The archangels are like the the enforcers of of god's will essentially yeah from my understanding and now I, I i grew up in a fairly religious family not not extremely religious but, but like my mom there. my mom went to church every weekend and i usually went um and i have since fallen out of it but uh to my memory and understanding archangels are the the beings that enforce <laughs> the laws of of god and so 
in giving them these names, it's sort of making them the enforcers of this matriarchal god, this this Mademoiselle yeah, lady. That's a good point, yeah. You know, they're they're the enforcers of her will, and her will is as this sort of omni almost omnipotent figure of of this cult who are trying to find answers, right? And they're just doing Yeah, she's like she's like the Charles Manson. She doesn't. She doesn't kill anybody, but she gets other people. To she kill gets her. other. Is that is that how that went down? Yeah. Oh. Charles Manson never actually killed anyone. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was just the guy who got into people's heads and convinced them to go and kill people. I think he was. I think he was present in the Sharon Tate murder. I think. I think he was present, but he didn't actually kill her. Huh. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, so I think go. that's how it went down. As if my memory serves me correctly. Well, memories sometimes do weird things that way. They change, man. Another another interesting point, and I think a point of contention in the movie, not in the movie, but of the movie, uh, is is the uh, is the examination of like, cause, cause you you can go you can go to town with feminist theory, and you can go to town with male gaze and all that kind of stuff, and talking about, um, uh, analyzing the movie through that lens, and and to yeah. a point. Like like there there was a a day and a time when I I did this stuff on a daily basis and was better at it than I am now, uh, but it's interesting to to note that it seems as though the director is not. He's like, not, well, it, he's Gar- not catering to any specific side. No, well, and he's of- he's not he's not making this movie out of some kind of internalized hate for women or any kind yeah, of like yeah. like it's he puts them essentially on a pedestal because they're the ones who have the power to achieve this state. First right. of all. Yeah. Second of all, um, the, the whole idea of like male gaze and watching, watching women, uh, all of the nudity in this is barely nudity really. And it's so like yeah, and it's, unsexualized. It, yeah. So, so as to just, it's just makes it, it's just another element of discomfort mm-hmm. more than anything else. And it's, it's yeah. not, you know, th- I think there might be room to argue, to argue then I'm sure people have to say that, Oh, this is a misogynistic movie about, you know, m- you know, men beating women. But then also the head of this cult is, is a woman. Mm-hmm. And a lot yeah. of the people doing the deeds are women. So it's not like it's a man on woman misogynistic. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. It's not like a big, like even even in the people in the cult, it's a it's a mixture of men and women. Yeah, it's exactly not, right. It's not any one thing, and I like I don't think that looking at it in terms of like you know, I think we have to like look at it from like a human perspective. Like we're not we're not men and women. We're we're people. Like we're human beings, right? Yeah. Like I don't think looking at it from you know either side is a good way to look at it. Like it's death is a human thing. It doesn't happen to just women or just men. It happens to fucking everybody. Oh no. Death comes. Did, did, did you uh, not know you were going to die or? I was, <laughs> I, I thought I was going to live forever. <laughs> what well, what was one of the, one of the trailers in the movie? This guy says death comes to everybody except me. And then his eyes go black. Was that push? I think that, I think yeah, that was push. I, that was push yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie, but that just made me think of that all of a sudden. I don't know why. <laughs> Like we were saying, push was the uh, the the point in Chris Evans' career 
it was after Fantastic Four, but before he was Captain America. Probably. <laughs> no, fun fact. Fun fact. I don't actually know the dates on when that movie came out, though. Me neither. Probably 2008, I'm if we're being honest. Or 2009. Yeah, so um, happened after. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to hear what else you have to say about this. Well, the Paul. special effects were really good. Oh, man. And, oh, man, were they ever. Yeah, and for as small as small the budget as the movie had... It, what they was did. it? 2.8 million euros. Well, I I heard I heard differently. So you I heard, heard differently. I heard on two different sources. So one of the sources, I think it was Google, that said it was 2.8 million euros. And then I also heard it was on, either on IMDb or um, Wikipedia that it was like um, like 600 six six million five hundred thousand. Which I don't think converts 2.8 million euros doesn't convert to six million. It does not. So, um, uh, I would imagine that the one on IMDb is probably right because that's usually done by the filmmakers when they make their IMDb page for their movie. Yeah. So I'd imagine that that's the correct one, but I mean, it it depends on on what Google is counting. And what what each one of them and is even, counting as budget, right? Because that money could be, uh, well, you know, maybe they made the made the movie for two point eight, and then the rest of it was like marketing budget and right, yeah. after costs and all yeah, that, that kind of sense. stuff. Yeah. Um. But again, then we go back to the idea that oh well, it wasn't really like spread around too much in the beginning, right? Like it's even now, it's hard to find a copy. If you wanted to like buy a copy of the movie, it's not easy to find. No, it's definitely not. It'll, um, it'll pop up in stores here and there, but it's usually the remake, which I. There's a remake? Yeah, I think it came out like a year later or something like that, but I heard it, it was English or French? I think it I think it was a Hollywood remake. A Hollywood remake? Of course it was. Yeah, so I I've heard shitty things Hollywood about it. Hollywood just remakes. Seen it. And yeah. remakes yeah, and remakes, remakes and, and remakes. Just taking other people's or other countries' ideas. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't get me good. wrong, art art is sharing. Uh, art, <laughs> art is fair. art is stealing. What was what's the quote? Good artists copy, great artists steal. Um, you know, because every, every piece of art is influenced by another piece of art yeah, yeah, exactly. or another, Nothing's another original. artist. But having said that it's more inspired than remaking story. versus inspired by is a t- an yeah. entirely different ballpark. And I think it also depends on how, how it impacts the director making it too. Mm, if true. they're just making it to make a buck off, you know, the name of the, like the movie that they're remaking, it's different, but it, if a director has some kind of attachment to the movie that they've really thought about over the years and they can make it different. Like the thing, for example, that was a remake of the one, uh, the thing from another world from like the fifties, which in turn had all uh, prequel slash remake done. Not that long after either. Which one? Uh, the thing from like the eighties, the remake one. Okay, so that's the, that's the 80s. The 80s was a remake of the one from the 50s. Yeah, but then the, after the 80s one, there was another one. That was like in 2014 yeah. something, something like that. It, yeah. was, it was quite a long time after. Anyways. Yeah, but anyways. The special um, effects were great. The yeah. the the makeup and the the work on, on the scarring and the... The, uh, the sets were the blood, uh, all of that was yeah, just all stunning. practical. All practical. I don't yeah. think... I think the only... The only effect that was kind of computer generated, I guess, was that like little tunnel, like that weird tunnel that she saw when she kind of hit that point. Yeah, that would have had to be VF- VFX. Yeah, the one in but, her eye. Yeah. When at the end there, yeah, yeah. that would have. But like all but of all so of the the cuts, the scrapes, the 
creepy fucking metal oh. chastity belts the oh like, yeah set design well, especially even... that that like basement bunker thing that mm-hmm. they they had to have built that like that would have been oh, yeah. a, a constructed piece so I'm I'm, sure. I, I would hope that wasn't just in someone's house that they had <laughs> well i saw an article somewhere on like one of those reddit forums about this guy who went to look at a house that was for sale and found a fallout shelter in the house that was just like this creepy tunnel and there's pictures of the whole thing and it's super fucking creepy. So awesome. it, it, I mean, it could exist, but like not yeah. in, not in the state that it. I don't. Was I, don't I don't think. Yeah, and I also don't think filmmakers would actually shoot in a real torture chamber that they found in someone's mm, house. Well, probably that's that's, not. De- that's debatable though. It depends on. It depends the on the filmmaker. Yeah, exactly. You get a Stanley Kubrick who found a a torture chamber somewhere and he'd probably that's probably true. film it. Yeah. Um. Like even the uh, even the effects when she's when she's uh, taking that family out, like oh yeah, just, you know shooting them with a fucking double barrel shotgun at close range, like like when she opens the door, like when he opens the door and she's standing there with the shotgun, the guy goes flying. It's true. Yeah. And and I mean it's it's kind of re- like now I've never seen someone shot with a shotgun, nor have I ever seen like wounds from a shotgun, but I would assume based on my knowledge of projectiles and a little bit of physics, um, that like the wounds that they built for those, like the like cavities in their bodies mm-hmm. and like the what like they were all pretty realistic. It wasn't like they tried to exaggerate well, any it was, of it. It was kinda cool too because maybe this was just me, but like when she was when she was dragging the sun like the sun out and you could see that like the wound had kind of changed, like maybe it swelled up or his organ moved around. Or something. And, yeah, and they kind of like popped out of the out yeah. of the wound and everything, like you know, just stuff like that that probably happens when you Ad- actually get shot. realism. Which, yeah. if you guys haven't watched this movie yet, like I like I say in every episode, like we now that we've already spoiled everything for you, but like watch the movie if you want to like. I suppose after we introduce ourselves, we should say spoilers ahead. Yeah, well, but I mean, I think people people should, people would know by now. You'd think One. three all three episodes <laughs> we've done. Yeah. Uh, we should. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll say that from now. But anyways, spoilers obviously have happened already. But <laughs> yeah. watch them. Um. I don't think that it's a bad movie. I think that it's a good movie. It's very well made. Um. It's a very well told story. Um. It's got complete character arcs. It's got uh, everything that makes a good story. Yeah. It it's follows got... all the right story beats. It follows, like, all the right, I guess, uh, screenplay writing. It's um, it's just hard structure. to watch. And and some people have less of a time, a problem with it than others, I'm sure. Um, so I'm not saying you should go out and watch this movie necessarily. I'm just saying that if you if we've intrigued your thoughts at all, we've piqued your curiosity. Um, it is it is probably worth watching, even if it's not just for like exploration of you know how far your brain can go before it is not so comfortable anymore. <laughs> and uh, well, I guess one more thing I want to add about like. Um, just some some things that happen behind the scenes is uh, they two two of the biggest problem that they had, believe it or not, was um, the special effects. They had a lot of issues with those behind the behind the scenes, which is pretty fair because considering the complexity of the special effects and the budget that they had, probably what kind of problems? 
it didn't it didn't say i would assume that there was a lot of a lot of makeup malfunctions a lot of oh maybe yeah. malfunctioning with um like like squibs and air tanks and stuff like that when they were using fun know, fact air. in case you're curious uh, i didn't actually know this either but a, a squib the word squib does to special effects guys is not actually a specific like blood sprayer no no, they use them for... Um, Squib like, is just a word for an explosion on set Yeah. of any sort, Yeah. Uh, which I, I, did, I was not aware of for the longest time. Um, so I guess you'd call it a blood squib. Oh, okay. Sorry. The blood no, squib. no. No, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to uh, like <laughs> correct you or anything. I'm just like for my own... Yeah, because I think you interest. can even like, like say, for example, a war movie when you see a, when you see a plane flying over and they're shooting at the ground. Those could be squibs. Yeah, like like the eruption of dirt yeah. out of the ground and stuff. That those are also. I I was told by a special effects guy that those are also known as squibs. Yeah. But they're just dirt instead of. Yeah. So. Um. And then I guess the other the other problem that they had on set was keeping the actors crying. Which is. Yeah, I mean. You no, know, it'd be pretty emotionally draining. It's like how many how much can you cry in a day, especially on a film set when you're working like. The whole movie, days. <laughs> the whole movie is just people crying for yeah. the most part. Or and it's like legit crying. Yeah, too. Like yeah, it's, like it's good. Yeah, you know, I uh, I was thinking about that partway through the film. Uh, I was thinking like from a from a director's standpoint, like having to cast people and having to tell the people who are taking your job, like, look, this is the script. It's gonna be intense, and then you're shooting this thing, and I'd imagine they probably had at least twenty days, if not more shooting this mm. and that that's a lot of time to be in that emotionally vulnerable state like we're talking about two two women getting very intimate with with fears and with with pain and with torture and with all of these like brutal visceral things well, all day and and even that to, must have been just draining oh yeah well and even to experience it like we're we're sitting we're sitting at a tv watching and imagine being on set with it and actually having to put yourself in the headspace that this is actually happening to you well yeah yeah i mean having to be the person to do that would just not and and even like you know i've i've been on sets where like you're seeing scenes play out and and you can you can see how they're gonna look great on on the big screen or on a TV screen or whatever, but like in person, sometimes those kind of things are are uncomfortable. Oh yeah, well, to to be around yeah, when the actor is in that kind of place where they're so emotionally invested and open to, and and that that right there is is the thing that I think I respect most about people who act, and and the reason that I can't be an actor, you know, is is because. To be an actor means to be able to open up yourself emotionally, fully unveiled in front of a camera and at least five other people at minimum. Mm, yeah. You know, and you, you have to make these performances that then go up on a screen to be watched by millions of people, theoretically. Yeah. Like, that's not a... It's not, not an easy... easy. No, it's not an easy thing. And, uh, like, even when you're on set, too, like... Just because of that, that like built-in sort of, uh, I don't know, thing we have in us where we can, where we feed off of other people's emotions too. So mm-hmm. like, you know, there's 
most likely there's been times on set where, you know, like I, I haven't been on a set like that, but like where people are doing a really an emotional, like a really emotional scene and even the crew and everything are getting all teary eyed and stuff like that. And it even happens when you watch movies too. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just to be on the set and experience that and actually have to put yourself in that situation and yeah, just the level of like even imagination it can take sometimes where just to put yourself there is like really, there would have had to have been a lot of like a lot of heart in everybody involved. Yeah. You I know, agree. to be able to be able to, to get through that whole process. Well, even, even, uh, even Michael, the guy who's beating, beating her mm -hmm. up the whole time. Like even to put yourself in a headspace of a person like that, who can just like to make yourself into that person for a scene, you know, kind of what that kind of entails. Sometimes. Well, and it's, it's what they do, but it's what I could never, <clears throat> I can't do it, man. Is what I'm saying. I'm not an actor. <laughs> I just, I just direct them, but yeah. Any, any, uh, closing thoughts on martyrs? Well, I hope I don't watch this movie for a long time. Don't, don't you say that every time you watch this movie? I do say that every time. And it, I usually watch it once a year. <laughs> so uh, I'm hoping that this is the last year for a while that I watch it. That that introduction of ours, by the way, um, is not a comment on, like, obviously, how the quality of the film. No, no, not at um, all. It's a comment on how uncomfortable it could be to watch for some it's, people. Yeah, it's even it's even kind of a little, I guess, a bit of a take on what Anna's feeling throughout the whole movie. Like, man, I just want this to be over. Yeah, this well, that can kill me. That whole sequence, like we were we were chatting about, um, that sequence where after she's kidnapped and locked up downstairs, and it's just these like in and out flashes that that so viscerally sort of seem to represent her stream of consciousness. Consciousness, you know, like we come in. Uh, in to see her sitting there and the guys come in and they feed her and then they leave, you know, and then we fade out and then we fade back in again as they come in to give her her daily beating and then we fade out and then we come and the, the cycle rinses and repeats over mm -hmm. and over and over again. And, and it's, it's so much through her own perspective that it puts you right in the middle of what she's feeling, which yeah. also makes it more uh, emphatic when, when, she stops feeling because you can tell when she stops caring, yeah. when she stops feeling. And that the, the film really reflects that well in that like, like well, when you, yeah. And when you, when you see her face is all swelled up, it's like she couldn't, she almost couldn't make it, like make a facial expression if she tried because her face is so fucked up. Yeah. You know, and there's so much, so much makeup on. There's so much makeup. <laughs> and on a real level, I'm sure she probably had a hard time making facial expressions to an extent. Under, the, with, under that makeup. Under all of that, like, probably latex. and. So who was it? Was it, like, Jim Carrey or Jack Nicholson or something? Like, when they had so much makeup on their face, they had to exaggerate their their facial expressions underneath the makeup just to get across what they were trying to in the makeup. I don't know. I can't remember who it was. I'm pretty sure it was Jim Carrey in like the mask or the Grinch or something like that. Maybe. I mean, the, the, the mask he was wearing that weird ass mask. He was. Or it could have been Jack Nicholson <laughs> as the Joker. Yeah. You know, when he refused to shave his mustache, so they had to just paint over it. That was Cesar Romero. 
Was it? Yeah, that was Cesar Romero from the '60s Batman. Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. That was not. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Jack, Never mind. Jack Nicholson. That was, was that was the Adam West Batman. That, that was. That was uh, a thing. Yeah, Jack Nicholson was actually allergic to latex. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was allergic to latex, so I think that's when they developed silicone. Um, really? Yeah. For that movie. For yeah, for his uh, for his uh, prosthetic, and that was his real smile too. They just got him to smile as wide as he could, and then they ca- they they cast it, and then that was his. That was his <laughs> oh my smile. god! Yeah. <laughs> That's great and yeah. also terrifying. Because it's Jack Nicholson. Because it's Jack smile. Nicholson, and he's just terrifying sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, I guess I guess one one more thing that I want to add was they when they were trying to get this movie funded and financed, there was no other um, there was no other um, I guess studio that would do it other than um, Canal Plus, I think they're called. Okay. And because they were the only ones kind of supporting these like weird sort of unusual projects. And they were also having a lot of time finding actresses who would want to do it or could do it. Yeah, we're so, willing to take on the role and then also could perform in the way that was needed to make the role come to life. Yeah. So that was just the other thing. But yeah, I don't want to watch this movie again for a while. I'm good. Well, we'll see what happens next Halloween. Let me know. Because <laughs> yeah. you keep showing it to people. <laughs> I you, do. You, don't, you can't be the only one to have suffered this weird <laughs> torment that is martyrs. Like, you want to know fucking horror? I'll show you horror. <laughs> I'll show you fucking horror. <laughs> Come watch this movie. Oh, yeah. Tricked you. Now you're scarred for life. <laughs> you're never going to be the same again. You feel my pain. <laughs> I'm making them into martyrs by showing them this movie. Uh, well, I have witnessed it now. Actually, You've in, in closing, in closing <laughs> comment, that was something else that's very interesting. Is you know, to witness. We're talking. We were talking about Anna as like the big witness of the film, but at the end of the day, it's you. It's the audience. Yeah. You know, we're we're the ones sitting there watching it, and and the way that it's put together, the the way that it's shot, the the really intense close-ups. Uh, on people's faces, the 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 angles that it puts you through, the the way it brings you right into it, like you you feel like you're you're right there watching it all happen, but you're not there, so you can't do anything about it. There's but even it's... times where you think that you almost feel it happening to you, like when they start flaying her, mm-hmm. the way the sound kind of gets muffled up, and you can hear her breathing, but it's just like yeah, like they they really do painful. a good job of yeah. making you making you this like this big uh voyeuristic kind of witness that that uh, really emphasizes the discomfort of the whole thing. Yeah, like just just replaying that sound in my head when she's like breathing and it's mm-hmm. all muffled just like gave me a chill. Like it's just I saw like, that. like oh man, it's just like yeah, it's even painful to hear. <laughs> like I can't get over the sound design. It's so good. Yeah. Well, that's martyrs. That's martyrs. Um, Watch it at your own risk. Yeah, I feel like we talked about a lot of things in very light detail. We mm. bounced around a lot. We talked a lot, a lot of different stuff that, but we didn't like necessarily dig way down into all of those things, which not isn't necessarily bad. Yeah, um, considering I mean, it's, it's up to the audience to also get their own, their own. Yeah. And and it it's just uh, it's 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 just a movie. It's, it's just even, a movie, Ryan. It's just a movie. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah. It's 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 something special, anyways. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for 
listening. Next week, uh, what are we doing next week? The Baba Duke. The Baba Duke. Uh-huh. You know, it's another another thing that maybe we should at least touch on is that that one series I was telling you about on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House. We could do that. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting series. Definitely worth the the whole the whole Halloween vibe. Mm, the one that's gonna run past Halloween because we're still doing horror movies next week. Yes. Um. But yeah, we 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 are just gonna go on a horror movie kick for a bit. We'll get it out of the way, uh, and then we'll we'll move on to some other stuff. We we're not gonna just Christmas do movies. horror. Oh yeah, Christmas movies will eventually happen. But yeah. But December. next week. Next week on Cinematics, we're going to talk about The Duke and we're going to talk about fairy tale horror, um, especially in, in how it relates to like children's tales and, and that kind of stuff. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And, and uh, we won't see you by then, but happy Halloween, you bastards. You beasties. <laughs> you guys aren't bastards. <laughs>